Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hi, I'm Allison Flom. Welcome back to Erased. In the last episode, Colden disproved the theory that Elma could have taken her own life. He proved that there was a struggle with someone else leading up to her death. Witnesses heard screams of murder and help me from the area of the Manhattan well. Other witnesses placed Levi at the murder site, potentially with his brother, who built it on commission for Aaron Burr's company. So Colden's task was just to defend his version of events against whatever strategy his opponents had in store. At the beginning of day two of this trial, there was an eagerness in the courtroom to get this done, to see justice prevail. To the public, the crowds that showed up in the cold to wait outside the courthouse through another trial day, to nearly everyone in New York, seeing Levi Weeks charged with murder would restore a sense of peace. It would help relieve at least a little bit of the pain that seeing Elma's battered corpse had caused. Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr were busy through the night. They came back caffeinated in fresh suits with a new plan. Order in the chambers. Order! Good morning. Good morning, sir. Once everyone settled in, the defense lawyers called Joseph Watkins, the ring's neighbor on Greenwich Street, back up to the stand. Good morning, everybody. Oh, you look well-rested, Mr. Hamilton. I feel good, Mr. Watkins. You've got a lot to tell us. Yesterday, you testified for the prosecution. I sure did. You said you found Elma's body in the well and laid her out on your jacket, is that right? Exactly, yes. And what was your relationship to the victim at the time of her death? Oh, I knew Elma for years, for as long as she lived at the Rings. And how do you know the Rings? I share a whole wall of my house with them. So you and the Rings essentially live in the same house, right? No, no. Two different houses, different addresses, different entryways. They're 208, I'm 210. They're a boarding house and millinery. We're a single-family row house, but it's one big structure. Do you need a floor plan of the Rings and Watkins' houses? I have one, if that might help. That's all right, Colden. No one really cares about floor plans. <laughs> Mr. Watkins, who do you live with? My wife, Liz, my daughter, Betsy, and our cat, Rosalind. I call them my three queens. 
That's sweet. Did you and your family ever overhear Elma in the back bedroom on the second floor of the Rings house? What? That's very specific. An alarmingly specific question, actually. You might remember in episode one, the defense lawyers asked Catherine where Elma and Levi slept. It was a distinct and unprompted question about the back room on the second floor in the house, particularly the thin plaster partition that it shared with the neighbor Joseph Watkins's house. So they knew exactly what Watkins was about to say. That room happens to be closest to my bedroom, Mr. Hamilton, so we'd hear Elma a lot. What types of sounds did Elma make? Objection. Relevance? A better question, actually, Mr. Watkins. In the months before Elma died, did you hear anything unusual? Well, I'd hear her getting dressed, tripping on her stockings, singing to herself. Singing to herself. That's what happy people do. That's also what hysterical women do. Mr. Watkins, can you tell us about last September? Last September. Height of the pandemic. Tons of people dying from the fever. New York was quiet. I spent long days in the house quarantining. And what did you hear coming from Elma's room during that time? I didn't expect to hear anything because I thought all the women in the Rings house had gone up to New Cornwall. But Elma stayed home with all the men. You got that right. And when I heard that, I told my wife, you know what I said to her? I said, somebody's gonna ruin that girl. Yes. Continue, Mr. Watkins. One night, my wall started shaking. Thumping. Like Elma's bed was moving on the other side. Hmm? My wife and I listened closely. What did you hear, Mr. Watkins? You want to know what I heard? I heard Elma. I heard Elma whimpering. And what else? <laughs> well, I heard Elias ring. He was grunting and, and, and scolding. Objection, Your Honor. Huh? Order in the chambers. Mr. Watkins, did you say you heard Elias ring in Elma's bedroom? That's right, Your Honor. I heard Elias ring ruining Elma's sand over and over again. This moment was earth-shattering for Colvin's case and for Catherine, for everyone. Mr. Watkins is lying, Your Honor. If what Joseph Watkins claimed under oath was true, Elias Ring repeatedly raped his niece, Elma Sands, in his home in the months before she was murdered. Order! Stop this abomination! Order! And while all the evidence did point away from Elma taking her own life on that December night... This testimony painted a very different picture of what was happening in the boarding house and what Elma's life may have actually been like. Obviously, this caused chaos, as the defense lawyers intended. The jury's attention turned towards Elias Ring, away from Levi Weeks. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. 
Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com iHeart and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com iHeart. Identity theft protection starts here. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Your Honor, there's no evidence to suggest Elma and Elias Ring were engaging in anything sexual. Elias Ring was inflicting non-consensual sex on Elma Sands right before she died. Elias tortured her and drove her to suicide. That's it. Mr. Watkins, you probably heard Levi Weeks in Elma's room. They began an intimate relationship during that period of quarantine uh, uh, and- Uh-uh-uh, it wasn't Levi, sir. I'd recognize Elias Ring's voice anywhere. It was definitely Elias Ring. How could you do this, Walken? You're, you're speculating. Yes, speculation. Overruled. But, but this is pure Constable, please I, remove I, I, Mr. Ring from the chambers it. yet again. How does he keep getting in here? Uh, I'm so sorry. Just remove him. Now. Silence, Mr. Ring. Mr. Watkins, how many times did you overhear this improper intercourse between Mr. Ring and Elma, approximately? Oh, nine, or ten, or fourteen times. When Levi Weeks was out of the house, Mr. Ring would slither right in there. And you'd hear the violence, right? Well, I'd hear Elma cry herself to sleep. And this continued until Catherine Ring came home to the city? That's right. Once Catherine came back, I never heard Elias in Elma's room again. Because Elias was behaving himself better around his wife. Mm -hmm. Your Honor, a question from the jury. It's for Catherine Ring. Is that okay? I think so. Catherine, is this the first you're hearing of your husband's deviance? She doesn't have to answer that. Actually, she does. Catherine? Yes, this is the first I'm hearing about it because it is not true. It is ridiculous. Uncle Elias would never... Yes, it's ridiculous. My neighbor and former friend, Joseph Watkins, has just testified to something false. 
And yes, it's the first time hearing it because it's Catherine, false. Catherine, while Elma was alive, did you protect her from danger? What sort of danger? Did you protect Elma from your husband? My husband is not the one she needed protection from. Elias Ring is not on trial. Thank you. Elias Ring drove the victim to suicide. You made that up, Mr. Burr. I protected Elma perfectly. My husband Elias protected her as well. Elma was safe with us until Levi Weeks That's tricked enough, her. That's enough, Catherine. Mr. Watkins, is Catherine Ring trustworthy? Depends what you mean by trustworthy. Do you trust her? Do you believe that she was actually ignorant of her husband's behavior? You know, I never know what to believe when it comes to women. Like I always tell my wife, women speak their own language, and I don't understand it. Can I talk to your wife, Mr. Watkins? Why, Colden? My wife is not here, sir. And why is that? Alma's next-door neighbor seems like a key eyewitness in her murder trial. Liz couldn't make it today. She provided a written testimony. What? How does that work? She wrote a little note for you to bring to court? Your Honor, this is getting out of hand. Mr. I... Colden, we knew in advance that Elizabeth Watkins would be unable to appear in court, and we prepared accordingly. And why can't she appear in court? Her breasts have been very sore and festered for several weeks. Wait, what's wrong with Mrs. Watkins' breasts? I don't know exactly what's wrong, but uh, she's in pain. Well, I need to question her. I can speak for my wife on any outstanding points. We both heard Elma Sands being ruined. No need to speak for her, Mr. Watkins. Mr. Colden should find her written testimony comprehensive and sufficient enough. All right. <clears throat> Without further ado... <clears throat> Testimony of Elizabeth C. Watkins. Clark, you read it, please. Absolutely, Your Honor. Testimony of Elizabeth C. Watkins, collected by Chief Justice John Lansing, Alexander Hamilton, and yours truly. 28th of March, 1800, at the Watkins residence. Wait, 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 wait. Your Honor, you went with the defense counsel to collect a testimony without my knowledge, the result of which could influence my entire case. That just doesn't seem right. This is how the system works, Mr. Colden. According to whom? We had to adjust because of her breasts. So just like that, precedents were being set that would remain in the system through this moment today. It was decided then that written affidavits were admissible evidence. Thus, Colden couldn't question a key witness about the Elias allegations because Hamilton and Burr found a loophole. And once again, he was outmaneuvered. Catherine Ring, the hat maker, chats with me about her borders. From the day Levi Weeks moved in, Catherine spoke highly of him. What? We're not actually admitting this written testimony, are we? Supposedly, Levi is the best border 208 Greenwich ever had. Your Honor, there are discrepancies and lies all over this testimony. Let's I... just hear the whole thing, Colden. Clerk? Wait, wait, wait. Your Honor. Relax, Colden. This is inadmissible evidence. I'll be the judge of that. This is ridiculous. Please sit down, Mr. Colden. The judge said, keep your pants on, Mr. Colden. Uh, sorry, Your Honor. This part has a bunch of stuff crossed out and written in the margins. Um... Okay, new paragraph. Mrs. Watkins says, the first time I saw Elma Sands, I remember thinking, that sweet, miserable girl won't make it to 30 in New York. Objection. What could that possibly mean? You can't object to a written testimony, Colden. Stop interrupting. This just doesn't seem fair, Your Honor. Clerk? I wasn't there when this testimony was collected. Because it's a testimony for the defense's case. Clerk! Mrs. Watkins continues, um, 
When I heard the rumor that Elma Sands ended her own life, I felt relieved for her. We have heard countless testimonies about how cheerful and happy and joyous Elma Sands was. And now we're hearing about how miserable and suicidal she was because she was being repeatedly raped by Elias Ring. Two sides to every story, bud. You gentlemen still have a witness on the stand. Mr. Watkins, how about your daughter, Betsy? She was close to Elma, right? I don't think they were close. Yeah, Elma hardly knew Betsy. Betsy and Elma would sit on our stool for hours, just chatting away. Let's bring her up. In hopes of enhancing this dramatic testimony and continuing to paint a picture of Elma as miserable, the defense called Joseph's daughter, Betsy Watkins, and described her as a friend Friend of the the deceased. deceased. Acquaintance. Excuse me, Daddy. It's my turn. (laughs) Ooh, I like it up here. Good morning, Miss Watkins. It's Betsy to you, Mr. Hamilton. Uh, Betsy. Alexander. (laughs) Characterize Elma Sands for the jury. Who was Elma? She was a melancholy, depressed, pale weirdo. Not in a mean way. She was kind of like a baby goat, you know? I knew she wasn't a virgin. Objection! What is she talking about? Betsy, on the day Elma disappeared, did you see her? Yeah, I saw her almost every day. What was she doing that day, December 22nd? She was looking in the mirror, tying a handkerchief around her neck in different styles. How did she appear to you? Prettier than usual, I guess. She had lipstick on, finally, so... I meant, how did she seem, disposition-wise? Oh, stressed, Mr. Burr. Super stressed, yeah. Like, pale, nervous, kind of breathy... Like she might be on her way to commit suicide. Objection. Leading the witness. I've never seen someone on their way to commit suicide, but... But she didn't look like she was on her way to get married, right? A person getting married would look happy, excited. Well, to be honest, I've never seen anyone on their way to get married either, but if I had to guess... Betsy. Miss Watkins. Aaron. Mr. Burr. (laughs) Did Elmo look frightened that day, or did she look happy? Or did she look sad? None of those things. Then how did Elmo look, Betsy? She looked kind of cryy when I saw her, but honestly, after Catherine left for the quarantine and then came back, Elmo always looked sad to me. She was sad, and her sadness took her life. Not Levi Weeks. What? I spent all of yesterday proving that Elmo was happy. To override Colden's witnesses, the defense then called four expert witnesses. Doctors. Real doctors. To one-up Colden on the science. Not dentists who once read a book on autopsies. To confirm that Elma Sands committed suicide. I've already proven that Elma wasn't alone when she died. She screamed murder. Can you stop interrupting Colden? There was no suicide. So the defense kept bringing up the theory that Elma took her own life, even though this was a trial for murder. And the coroner's jury had declared this a murder months before. And although their job was to determine a person's cause of death, the coroner's jury was not a jury, and there were no coroners involved. And the defense lawyers knew how this process went. The coroner's jury was a guy in a room, not a doctor, but he called himself a coroner, who paid his friends and colleagues to come in and decide how the dead person died. And whatever they decided when they gathered around and looked at the corpse became the findings for the case. 
And in this case, the coroner's jury examined Alma's body 12 days after it was found, which was 11 days after she went missing, and determined, as a group of pals and non-medical professionals, that her cause of death was indeed murder. And then they probably went to lunch. And the case for Alma Sands relied on the decision that they came to on that January afternoon. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool-to-the-touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's Chill Mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat, so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the Chill Collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great, too with thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a chill mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Hamilton and Burr called Dr. Nicholas Romaine. What did you see, doctor? I saw a girl's body, Mr. Burr. Super dead. Who was actually Dr. David Hozak's mentor and former teacher. Truly, everyone knew each other. Except Colden. Any specific observations about the corpse? Oh, not much. Uh, scratches, bruising on the knee. And that's all, right? Yeah, scars on her skin. Standard stuff. Hold on, is it standard for a young girl to be covered in scars? I don't know many young girls, Mr. Colden. <laughs> but Elma's skin was all blistered and weather-beaten, in addition to the injuries. And then for even further reinforcement, they called New York's most elite doctors up to the stand. First, Dr. McIntosh, then Dr. Prince, 
Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton knew the system like the backs of their hands because they helped create it. They called New York's most elite and respected physicians up to the stand, and these guys were all friends and colleagues. They were on the boards of each other's foundations, starting medical colleges together. The defense lawyers knew exactly what these doctors would tell the jury. In fact, they probably all planned it out together at the pub. I noticed four contusions on her breast, like she'd been grabbed. But Dr. McIntosh, the injuries on the corpse were minimal, right? Yeah, she was just scraped up. From bouncing around in the Manhattan well for 11 days. Right. Not from violence inflicted by another person. Objection! Doctor, the coroner's jury unanimously ruled this a murder when they saw Elma's body. Yeah, but none of those guys are coroners. So you genuinely believe Elma Sands died by drowning? There was a spoonful of water in her lungs. Water in her lungs. So what does that mean, Dr. Romaine? It means she was still breathing when she hit the water. It means she threw herself in the well. Objection! Nope. Continue. As soon as I saw Elma's body, I thought, "Mm, she probably took her own life. She was pretty, but she was ugly. You know what I mean? Of course. You're being very clear. It's hard to believe she wasn't pregnant. I thought for sure we'd find a baby when we opened her up. Dr. Romain, what about the row of bruises on Elma's neck and breast? What did you make of those? Leading the witness. I'll rephrase. Could the bruises on Elma's neck and breast have been caused by someone's fingers? Mm. Um, I see skin that's been gangrened all the time at the almshouse. The swollen, dark tissue could have been from anything. I wasn't asking about gangrene, doctor. I was asking about these specific bruises being caused by someone else's hands. I've already said, based on what I've observed, I think Elma Sands committed suicide. That's all I can tell you. Wonderful. And then, in the spirit of thoroughness and scientific proof, the defense lawyers recalled their friend, Dr. David Hosack. Hi again, everyone. Energy in here is amazing. Hosack, you legend. It's because of you. You ready, Doc? Hit me. Yesterday you testified that Elma's body might have been injured by another person, is that correct? Yes, that's what I said yesterday. And would you like to add to that statement now? Well, I'm of two minds here, you guys. I stand by my previous testimony. I mean, that was a battered corpse, injured and mangled and bad. But remember, I didn't even see the body until the coroner's jury, so a lot could have happened before then. So what does that mean, doctor? The coroner's jury met several days after Elma was pulled out of the water. But before that, Mrs. Ring displayed the body in a box on her property. People were touching it, handling it moving it around to examine it. So? So, it's possible that the neck got broken posthumously. Because of Catherine Ring's calculated, manipulative decisions, Elma's neck was broken. Not because of violence or choking. Catherine made this look like a murder. Mr. Colden! Objection! Everyone was so careful! Levi was framed! Catherine could not have bruised the corpse. I disagree, Mr. Colden. Order! Thank you, Doctor. Nothing further. Yes, they literally tried to blame Catherine. And these details were completely different from what Dr. Hosack had testified to the day before. Dr. Hosack, do you often change your mind overnight? Maybe the defense lawyers got to speak to their friend during the overnight adjournment and... Convince him to change his testimony. Mr. Colden, knowledge is fickle. But facts are not. Objection, badgering our witness. Again, my witness. 
Dr. Hosack, did you sit on the coroner's jury, which unanimously voted that Alma Sands was murdered? I did, sir. So, you said, as a member of New York's trusted coroner's jury, that Alma Sands' cause of death was murder, by violence, right? Yes. And yesterday, you stood by that decision. I did. But today, you're suddenly abandoning those facts? Suddenly suggesting Alma's death could have been a suicide? You changed your mind between yesterday and today, right? I I just want to make sure you're as flaky as you seem. Colden, can you cease harassing our witness and at least pretend to be professional? There's a lot of new information now. I didn't realize Alma's life was so traumatic. How was my cousin's life traumatic? Her chaotic sex relations alone. How are Alma's sex relations relevant to the scientific autopsy of her body, Dr. Hosack? I have new insight now, Mr. Colden. Science is like that sometimes. It builds on itself. I have nothing further for this witness. Step down, Dr. Hosack. And for their next trick, the defense called Timothy Crane to the stand, another short-term boarder at 208 Greenwich Street. Mr. Crane, we'll get right into it. You're personally acquainted with both Levi and Ezra Weeks, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I work for Ezra Weeks, and, uh, uh, listen, Levi and Ezra are both good men. How would you characterize Levi Weeks specifically? Honest, uh, hardworking, uh, well-rounded, yeah, yeah. All integrity, all the time. Are you kidding? And how about Elma Sands? Uh, unstable... Insecure, melancholy, hard to talk to, always chasing a high. You know, that's why I was never attracted to her or anything. So Elma was suicidal, perhaps. Objection. There is overwhelming evidence to the contrary. Sustained. Mr. Crane, provide the jury with specific examples. Uh, well, th- to be honest, sir, I, uh, I didn't get to know Elma that well. That's okay, Timothy. Just tell us how you know she was depressed. Your Honor, a question for Catherine Ring. Objection! He keeps interrupting. Yes, Mr. Colden. Make it quick, Colden. Mrs. Ring, how many days did this witness, Timothy Crane, overlap with Elma in your home? Less than two weeks. Literally one week. He doesn't know anything about Elma, so why do we get to ask him questions? I genuinely believe it was eight days, sir, when he was between accommodations, a little bit before Christmas. And Elma was murdered on the 22nd of December. This witness didn't know Elma at all, whatsoever. I disagree. This witness knew Elma for several days before she killed herself. And he has valuable insight if you'd ever let him get to testify. All right, continue, Mr. Crane. Okay, so one night, uh, we called a doctor to the house. What for? Russell had hemorrhoids, and he wanted Peruvian bark. It was me, Russell, and Elma in the parlor. (sighs) Try sleeping on your stomach, okay? Am I dying, Doctor? Just tell me. Oh, far from it, sir. Just an inflamed irritation of your bumhole. Uh. I've seen worse bumholes. In fact, I've seen your bumhole look worse. Uh. Do you want another whiskey, Russell? Or tea, maybe? A tea, Elma, whiskey. I'm dying. And these are my final breaths. Oh. Don't bother. He's knocked out. All right, kids, I'm out of here. Keep his feet elevated. Oh, should I grab more books for under his feet? Perfect, yes. Thank you. Oh, uh, doctor, before you go... Yes, Elma? Do you, by any chance, have any laudanum in your trunk? Of course I have laudanum. Every doctor has laudanum. Could I have just a little, please? Are you congested? 
coughing, experiencing physical pain. Wait, what's a laudanum? I take it sometimes. Oh, you've had it before. Yeah, I love it. You love laudanum? Yeah, I'd take a whole vial of it if I could. Don't joke like that, Alma. Too much laudanum would kill you. So, the idea of overdosing on drugs was funny to Alma? Did the doctor give her the drugs? He put a few drops under her tongue right before he left, but uh, he wouldn't give her the file. And Mr. Crane, you didn't try the laudanum, right? Why would I? I wasn't sick. Do people your age tend to crave full bottles of heavy medication? An intense opiate for no reason? No. Most people my age are happy. So Elma's drug use suggests she was in a dark place mentally just before she died, is that right? If she was experiencing unwanted intercourse by Elias Ring and she was craving excess quantities of laudanum, yeah. Yeah, I'd say Elma was in a bad spot. So this kid lived in the same house as Elma for just over a week, but he characterized her as opiate-addicted, depressed, and suicidal. And then he made Levi sound like an absolute angel. But did you hear that key detail that Colden missed? This witness worked for Ezra Weeks. Of course he'd say anything for the Weeks brothers, he was on their payroll. The defense lawyers overwhelmed the jury with as many theories and stories as possible. Each of their arguments had only one or two witnesses to substantiate it, and then they'd move on to a new distracting allegation. But it was working. Midway through day two, the jury's attention was far away from Levi Weeks. So can you blame Colden for missing key details? He had to put out so many fires that his own argument got lost in the sauce. This case was supposed to be simple, and justice was supposed to be clear, but Colden couldn't begin to disprove everything his opponents were throwing at him and the jury. Hamilton and Burr shifted gears after this. We'll call our next witness, our most important witness so far. All the witnesses are important. Ezra Weeks. To talk about what a good guy Levi was. So what really happened on December 22nd, 1799? Next episode, we're one step closer to finding out. Stay with us. Erased, the murder of Elma Sands is a production of Lunch Plans and Lava for Good Podcasts in association with Signal Company Number 1. The show is narrated, written, and produced by me, Allison Flom. It stars Allison Williams as Catherine Ring, Tony Goldwyn as Alexander Hamilton, Barry Sheck as Aaron Burr, and Jason Flom as Judge John Lansing. Our executive producers are Allison Williams, Jason Flom, and Kevin Wardis. This show is produced by Goldhawk Productions. The show is sound designed and mixed by Steve Bond. The music is composed and performed by Sasha Putnam. The producer for Goldhawk is Andy Goddard, with production management from Emma Hearn. The executive producer for Goldhawk is John Scott Dryden. You can listen to every episode of Erased, The Murder of Elma Sands, right now, ad-free, by subscribing to Lava for Good Plus on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow the show on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Lava for Good. And for more information on this story, plus a complete list of our incredible cast, visit lavaforgood.com slash erased. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals. It's not about being the best in the world. It's about doing what's best for the world. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.